0: Thanks for checking out the podcast. My name is Rustin. This episode is an original, a short story entitled 1904. His crow's feet ran deep and his back creaked when he bent from all the years he'd spent humping hose despite always using textbook technique. Freeman was a retired fireman. He came up when you rode the tailboard of the trucks with open cabs and the old head scoffed at the new use of SCBAs. He left the job six years ago, ready to soak up rays and see the world with his girl of four decades but she got cancer soon after he turned in his papers. And it didn't take long for it to completely take her. He spent almost a month after she passed just sitting still in the dark, watching the clock, wondering if the pain might stop. It never did, nor did it subside, so there, in the dark, he'd hide, hoping to just hear her steps or smell her perfume. It all but consumed him until he felt a stir in his soul and knew then that Lorraine would always be close. Her spirit told him that a retired widower needed a project to keep himself going, so Freeman chose a 1904 American La France steam-powered fire engine, once a marvel for its time. But age and poor care made it an easy find as its owner was blind to how great it once was. Freeman spent almost a year on the restoration and making it functional again, through blisters and scraped skin, hundreds of hours and even nights when he wanted to give in. He finally finished bringing it back from the dead. The restoration was flawless. All of his handiwork on display from the way the red-spoked wheels popped against the hand-painted yellow accents to the functional door that provided access to the firebox. The coupling threads were without wear, and the luster of the chimney and boiler turned heads and made folks stop and stare at this whimsical machine. With various piping and gears throughout, it was like a child's dream come to life. Its technology was archaic by modern standards, but at one time, it was a town's answers to raging fires. At full bore, it chugged along with a heavy, thunderous beating. The rush of the steam and the pumping pistons were always competing for which would be screaming the loudest. In its day, it was strapped to a pair of horses and put to use by chemical and mechanical forces. Bodies swarmed around the steam engine like frantic bees on a hot nest, throwing hoses and cranking valves in hopes that their best efforts would stop a fire laying waste to a structure. With all the men could muster, and in hopes of proving this machine's worth, they burst forward powerful streams of water hoping to make the fire falter. In a commotion of shouts above steam whistles and chemical reactions, combined with the shouts and energy of skeptical onlookers gawking at the attraction, the fire apparatus did its duty at the behest of competent engineers, and it pissed and moaned to the delight of the gawkers' jeers if the men fumbled its operations. The steam engine functioned by way of complex chemistry but was brought to form by men with simple histories. These men grinded their hours away on grinders, working hard, heavy metals, flying sparks serving as reminders that the job was dangerous. Worn wood floors ached under their boots without steel toes, And working without respirators or protective eyewear, these were the blue-collar woes until death and illness and maimed bodies brought change. These simple men fought the stains of their work with shared rags and well water. They scrubbed fine metal shavings from the crevices of their fingers and rubbed harder to soften calluses and scabs, hoping that their efforts would soften their hands enough to beckon their brides to bed when they stroked the backs of their necks. These men hung their hats on their hard work and the birth of boys that would carry forth ancestral names. They were men of few words, but each hoped that their tireless grind would explain their resounding love and sacrifice. Once complete, Freeman took his wild yet predictable beast on an annual beat in and around town the Strawberry Festival was his favorite because it drowned in the fall breeze and burning oak and smoked meats. The air was chilly and light, and the whimsical sound of carnival games bounced around with the tunes of the live band with local fame. Local vendors hawked garage-built goods that most understood they could probably make themselves, but booths stocked with shelves of Etsy-like products always had that extra touch that they never thought of. Freeman set up in his assigned spot, amongst a collection of other oddities that probably didn't make sense to be present, but the presence of Freeman's steam engine, the quizzical collection of almost classic cars, and the booted display of weaponry from past wars served as a row of distraction for parents of bored or unruly children. Freeman posted a sign at his station, letting visitors know when he'd be firing up his prize. He wanted to maximize the number of eyes that could take in the show at once, so instead of firing it up on demand as he'd done in the past, he devised a display schedule that would last throughout the day. He always smiled as he posted this display given the way Lorraine's Type A personality had influenced him after so many decades. He knew she'd be proud of his ingenious solution. The 2pm showing was set to begin in exactly 15 minutes, so Freeman lifted himself from his seat with a throaty groan. He completed his standard apparatus checks, and with the crank of a few levers, the steam engine moaned as passerbys passively glanced at his efforts or cross-checked his schedule with the time on their phones. As 2 p.m. approached, a smattering of folks gathered in the general vicinity, though none of which stood close enough to ensure with certainty that they were there for Freeman's presentation. Even still, Freeman stood with his shoulders back, a warm smile, and no hesitation, as soon as his wristwatch showed exactly 2 p.m., which is when he began his demonstration. He started with an explanation of the machine's history and how he came to be in possession of such a precious piece of the fire industry. He shared his personal expertise from his decades riding tailboards down streets before some even had names. Intertwined amongst brief, well-rehearsed tales, he mentioned Lorraine and what she meant to his career. It was his eulogy to his service and his tribute to all of the years he had left in life without his love. He explained the engine's steam and its metal and its chemistry until he was finally ready to throw wood in the firebox. As the fire got hotter, the heat began to move the water. Some onlookers stepped forward, while others took the opportunity with Freeman's back turn to back away farther or scamper off guilt-free, which he never understood because it was for this moment that he built the engine to begin with. Freeman closely monitored his gauges while he twisted valves and cranked levers. Through his efforts and expertise, the great beast awoke thanks to his endeavors. Pistons pumped, the steam whistle blew, and steam blew through the chimney as a trail of water ran down the concrete. Freeman turned to face his crowd, proud at yet another flawless exhibition. But the small gathering had mostly transitioned on elsewhere, even before the engine's emission of steam. Two young girls, cotton candy in hand, skipped over the trail of water, not letting it deter their plan of riding the Ferris wheel for a third time. A handful of teen boys kicked the water at each other and didn't mind soaking their shoes and pants. They pushed and punched and cursed without even a glance around. A little boy nearby smashed his palms to his ears, overwhelmed by the sound of the steam engine, and in doing so, let go of his bright blue balloon. His cries weren't enough to fight through the monsoon of noise the steam engine made, so his mother scooped him up like a wounded soldier in her platoon. She jogged away, hoping to outrun the raucous. A woman on her cell phone walked past in a fuss, plugging her free ear with an air about her that she must mention this noisy mess in a scathing online review. She tried shouting above the hiss of the steam, though it seemed obviously useless to even try. A man trotted after a little boy, and he did a double-take at the engine behind sunglassed eyes. Freeman sought to engage his attention, but the man was overwhelmed with the tension of his son's safety. He glanced back at the machine as he hurried along. A few took pictures, then immediately studied their photos and moved on. Some shook their heads and winced. Some turned to go another direction. Some looked convinced that they'd make mention of this unnecessary distraction. After letting his price run for several minutes, once again, Freeman pulled and twisted and turned and assisted the steam engine in the process of shutting down. Once cooled, he found his polishing rag and wiped around the boiler and firebox and gauges and gears. He stepped back to take in the sight of his great, glittering work to ensure that it still reflected all of the new years he had given to his life. He returned to his seat next to the sandwich board display, Ready for the 3 p.m. showing. Freeman looked forward to that time slot, knowing that it was always the busiest time of the day. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star rating and review and share it. And don't forget to subscribe as well. So you get updated when new episodes are posted. Also make sure you check out the show notes for some helpful links, including one to my Patreon page where you can sign up to get early access to episodes, exclusive content, and more. So make sure you check out the show notes for that link.